0: We finally got to see some Toronto Maple Leafs on the ice here at training camp. We take a look at some of the line combinations of what it means potentially going into some preseason action, which does kick off this weekend. And, of course, some more talk about William Nylander at Center. This is the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to the Locked On These podcast, your daily fix for all things Leafs. I'm your host, David Morisutti from Sportsnet. Joined today uh, with me is Frank Stenici from Canada Frank Live. And as always, the the, the Locked On these podcast is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. So make sure you subscribe for free wherever you get your podcast from, and make sure you get us on YouTube. Subscribe and no- get notifications of every episode that is posted each and every day. And a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $200 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. Today is technically Fan Friday, and while I don't have a fan per se, although Frank is a, technically a fan of the show, uh, he is a fan favorite, and that's why I want to have him on the show Today. Frank, uh, first off, thank you for coming on. And uh, I guess it, it must be getting close to fall as we're getting right into the hockey season
1: and getting well, first, away from the summer. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. And it's a real pleasure to be here. And yeah, fall's coming. Um, you know, the Blue Jay season is coming to a close. You know, um, we're, we're, the transition from summer to fall to winter is on its way. And for those of us that love the game of hockey, which I do, the excitement begins and uh yeah i'm i'm waiting to hear what we're going to talk about i can't wait to contribute
0: yeah and it's, you know we're it's crazy to think that we're only a couple of days away from seeing this team play an actual hockey game you know we're um we we forget that you know training camps can be for so long but the time to get things ramped up is not very long right like they just got on the ice on thursday for the first time and then, you know, so for some of these players, they have never, you know, this their first introduction to playing, to being with the Leafs, and then they're going to be thrown right into the action. So uh, to get you guys all set up for we we kind of, I kind of wanted to go through uh, just a bit of a breakdown of what we saw on the first day of camp and likely uh, for what I am seeing on the second day of camp here, they're going to be having a scrimmage to get themselves ready for their upcoming game. So, just to give you an idea of where the lines were breaking down on the first day of uh, training camp here. And I don't think there was too many surprises, per se, of where players were in training camp. So, this is here from David Alter. Obviously, if you're following David, he's giving you uh, all the up-to-date stuff here at uh, training camp. He's really good at it. So, the so the, the way that they broke this up is there's two main groups here at camp. Uh, the first group here had, you know, a lot of your normal guys. You had Bertuzzi with Matthews and Marner. No surprise there. Matthew and I skating with Tavares and Lafferty. You had the third a third line of Hirvonen, Gambrell, and uh, Steves. Kyle Clifford, Fraser Minton. And then you had a kind of a Joseph Blaine, DZ, Max Ellis. Fourth line. And then the blue line. Again, not many surprises here. Uh, Jake McCabe and John Klingberg. Mark Giordano and Timothy Lilligren. You had Lajoie and Villeneuve, Rafai and uh, Miller. And then Samson, uh, Ellie Hildebi were the goaltenders there. So then you had the group two. Um, we'll get into the groups together. I just wanted to put these out first, then we can go back to talking about them. Then you had the group two. We want to see who Nylander was going to be the line mates with. It turns out it's going to be Max Domi and Kelly Yarncroke to start things off. You had Nick Robertson, uh, Pontus Holmberg, and Nick Abruzzese as the second line. You had Noah Greger, the new the guy who is on the PTO. David Kampf and Ryan Reeves as the de facto fourth line, in this case, or so the third line. You have Slavin, Cowan, uh, Easton Cowan, Shaw, Tverberg as the fourth line. Then you have your uh, one NHL pairing of Riley Brody and then the rest, Marley's guys, Kokanen neemila Lagus, and Timmins. well technically Timmins is on the nhl roster but not viewed as every day nhl and he had chaiwick and dillingham and then you have joseph o and martin jones the two guys kind of competing for the backup but in a way maybe not competing uh considering martin jones is only here for the year and nobody even thought he was going to be here when that signing was made so you know, I, I would say there's not a lot of surprises when you see the groups here at training camp, right? Like, I think I just want to see what potential changes we're going to be. I think the biggest change is now we're going to see Sam Lafferty in a top six role, and not just in a top six role. I, I, I kind of think he is going to be the new Alexander Kerfoot. He's going to be the guy that's going to move up and down the lineup. I'm assuming he's going to be playing a lot of penalty kill, and maybe not so much of a surprise that Matthew Nyes is with John Tavares rather than him. I think that I think that's that seems like the adequate spot for the uh, the upcoming top prospect slash rookie for the Leafs.
1: Yeah, Lafferty's is somebody that uh, you'll see a lot of, especially because not that this team is lead footed, but it's not as fast as the teams that the the Leafs have provided their fans. In Past years uh, in fact, you know, I guess we can jump right to the fact that there, there's the word snot uh, was used by the GM and And for those of you that are too young to know what the snot means. It's like It used to be said he's kicking the snot out of the other guy um, so, you know, there's there's obviously going to be a little more sandpaper on this team as opposed to speed Lafferty has a bit of sandpaper and also speed, so I think he's the definition of the transition that the Maple Leafs are making this season that the fans will notice, and it'll be very interesting. And as far as the lineups are concerned, I agree with you. There's no no real surprises. The surprises will come at the end of the preseason when we find out who the guys are that aren't in the starting lineup.
0: Yeah, and, and you talk about the lack of speed that they're trying to address. I think, you know, bringing Noah Gregor on the PTO, I think that's why they brought him in. Brad Schilling said this guy's got a lot of great speed and kind of has, you know, that tenacity that they're looking for. They're not just looking for guys with speed. Like, speed doesn't mean much if you don't bring something else to the table. You either have to be a good offensive player or you got to bring some, you know, some tenacity to the lineup. I think Max Domi helps a little bit with that. You know, he's not this. You know, he's not the slowest guy. We know that Nylander is the driver of that line, especially as the center. And talking with uh, with Sheldon Keith yesterday, the media kind of asked about you know the Nylander Domi yarko combination. He says, "Well, the good thing here is all three of those guys have played centers in their career. So if you're going to put Nylander at center, it makes sense to put other guys who have ex you know who have some." Uh, Experience in that position, they can kind of all pitch in, right? When when it comes to the defensive side of things, Domi, they expect him to take some draws because you know he is a good face off person. So I think you know you are gonna see the team kind of work with neilander center but not always strictly having to play that position. I think they're gonna make some adjustments to you know highlight his 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 strengths, but also try to maybe cover up some of his deficiencies. And a lot of people. Whenever you talk about William Nylander, center, the always-talked-about issue is defense. Can he do those things on the defensive side of the puck to make him a responsible center?
1: Also in his contract here, uh, they're going to put him at center. I think that's a bit of a opening, and, and the Leafs letting him know that, listen, we're going to try and pay you as much as we think we can. And part of the level of payment is determined by the position you play centers as a rule make more money than wingers and uh, as a winger um you know his his ability to ask for more money is a little bit you know it's it's managed a little bit whereas at center you know the ceilings are uh, is a lot higher we've heard that conversation so many times when matthews and marner are discussed the reason why matthews deserves more money and is a more important player is because he plays center um, even though we all know that there's a, a large debate about which which guy helps this team win more, uh, so you know this is I think this is an important political statement by the Maple Leafs saying, uh, "Hey William, listen, we're going to put you at center. Let's see what you can do."
0: Yeah, so we're going to discuss a little bit more about that because I think you brought up some great points there about kind of Nylander's. What, what this whole this whole move to center means and his contract stuff, because I think and he did talk about it, so I do want to talk about this on the other side here. Uh, but before we do, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors, and that is our good friends over at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs makes you look good because they bring the st- stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit similar to the thigh and the leg by giving you also a truly sculpted look. they do, The shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon's, but fit way better. And they're also made of the non-stiff restricting condom that you usually see in other shorts. They actually have a uh, cloud knit fabric that makes it look just like khakis, but stretches for a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And use an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. They're great for many different functions and occasions. I'm usually someone that uses them for golf, uh, the pool, you know once in a while if i need to throw something off for when i'm going uh for a workout they're easy to just throw on and, and get you on your day they're that versatile and they come with some great uh products if you do place an order i got the tumbler when i placed my when i got my order of bird dogs so it's a great great little incentive to add to that uh so make sure you go to birddogs.com locked on nhl or enter the promo code locked on nhl at checkout for free Bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MHL for free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. Welcome back to the Locked on Lease podcast. David Morrison here, and joining with me uh, is Frank, my good friend Frank Stanishi. He is filling in for Mike, who is away, should be back next week. And we just had the conversation about Neilander playing center and what that could mean for his contract. And he did have the contract talk. Like Neilander knew he was going to be t- uh, talking about his contract yesterday, and he wanted to make it clear two things once again that he wants to be in Toronto. This is where he wants to play. Um, he's going to let his agent Lewis Gross and uh, Bradshaw Living talk about the details and get those details sorted out. Uh, and you know, Bradshaw Living did say that he's going to try to work with uh, Lewis Gross to get it done, but he doesn't seem like to be in a rush um i think i think with nylander he, he it doesn't you know we hadn't heard any interest of him going to another team or any other teams trying to push to get him obviously that won't happen until we get later in the year and the contract's not done and what's going to happen there but um here, here's the thing when he, with him playing center and let's say this this conversion to center actually works Does this potentially line him up, as you said, for more money, as you said, with making the Austin Matthews uh, comparison? But maybe this whole, it it kind of uh, fixes a thing that happens down the road with John Tavares' contract being up in a couple of years. Does that seem like a natural transition to William Nylander takes the John Tavares role? And John Tavares, we know that his next contract is not going to be $11 million. And he will play the wing he is open to playing the wing do you see that as a potential swap scenario or transition where nylander you know you can justify paying him more because he's a center versus paying him as a winger
1: absolutely you locked on to the facts here um it is it is clear uh, it, it is clear that william nylander considers himself a center. He's considered himself a center from the time that he arrived in Toronto. And when they put him on the wing, he, you know, we heard that he felt he was a uh, center and, and I think he could be a good center. I, I mean, his defensive, his defensive problems aren't that he can't play defense. You know, the, unfortunately the albatross around his neck is the fact that a lot of people believe that he is probably one of the best players in the league when he wants to be. When he doesn't want to be, that's when, you know, people's faith in him defensively starts to be questioned because sometimes he doesn't have the jump in his stride that he does when he wants to play. But here's the thing. This guy can play that way. If we remember a couple of years ago when he went to the World Championships, I remember watching him knock people down. And, and I'm going, where's that guy during the Leafs season? Let's see if he can do that in a, in an environment where, they're, where we're seeing the standard hockey statement where you play with guys that are really tough you grow a couple of inches and I I don't think I have to explain what that means now he's going to be on a team that has a lot more grit than it's had in the past let's see what that does to the way he plays because I think that he's a guy who can be physical you know not getting fights and I'm not talking about fights here I'm talking about use physicality in a way that isn't intimidating but sends a message, and when he does that, he's going to have guys behind him who are going to say, "You got a problem with that?" That's what this Leaf team, I think, is going to look like. They're going to look more aggressive, and and he's. I think it's an opportunity for him to be more aggressive and help, you know, remove the shackles of some people's pre, you know, predisposed opinions about the kid.
0: Yeah, I think um, when you see. The thing that obviously people need to realize here when I make that statement about Nylander moving to center, potentially placing John Tavares down the road, right now he's penciled in as a third-line center. So the only way that really changes is if they decide to move Nylander to the second line and put him at center and move Tavares to the wing. That's really the only way that that actually does come to fruition. And the only way that Nylander can actually make that you know make that argument in contract talks. He can't say, "Well, I'm a second line center, pay me like a second line center." Well, the Leafs can be like, "Well, you didn't play second line center, so we can't pay yeah. you like a second line center, right?" Um, so it's going to be a real real challenge there I think for the Leafs to to get that um to get that kind of all sorted out. But the good thing is it looks like the Leafs have time to figure this out. There's no deadline for Nylander. To want to get this contract done it's not like you know the first time they tried to do a contract and there was a clock on it and they took it down to the 11th hour to get that contract done Nylander said he wants to stay here well Brad living then can take his time to figure out the best deal and i think right now considering training camps already started you might as well see how Nylander's transition to center works and how he starts the season before you make a commitment i mean this reminds me a lot about uh, what happened with David Pasternak with the Bruins. He did not sign his contract until I think it was like January of his contract year. And like the Bruins, there was a little more concern on that one because, you know, Pasternak didn't feel like the Bruins were uh, were reaching, were making it a priority and wasn't giving him the value he he wanted. But then eventually, you know, cooler heads prevailed and they got the deal done. Oh, it was March. Actually, it was even later than that. March 2nd. I think it was like roughly around the trade deadline is when they got that contract done. So in this case, I think Nylander will be willing to wait. And at this point, if he's confident that he can really play center or if he can play better than what he has in the past, then guess what? He'll line himself up for that $10 million uh, contract that he's been talking about whether or not the Leaf should be paying them $10 million and whether they can afford it. That's a, that's a Bradshire living slash, uh, that's a Bradshire living problem, right? That that's something that Bradshire living is going to have to, um, figure out because, you know, it, it's, it's a tough balance. They've had so many issues trying to get this, um, get this, balance with their with their uh cap with their cap structure um, Brandon printnum that's the name I was thinking about before Brandon printnham was the one that's had to neg- had to like juggle a lot of different things here and the problem here is becomes you have other guys you want to bring back potentially let's say Tyler bertuzzi does so well and at least want to retain him. well that number doesn't start at 5.5 for Tyler Bertuzzi, it could be higher than that. And how much higher can the Leafs afford? Um, if you look at the blue line, the only defensemen signed past this season are Morgan Rielly, Jake McCabe, and Connor Timmons. Two of those guys are regular NHLers. One of them might awesome. try to play himself into an everyday NHLer, but likely is just a, a, be- a guy that comes off the bench. So, like, there's got to be a... We've been talking about this balancing act you know, there's another season. Now, the good thing is, there's another one last season for Tavares and Marner's contracts. And obviously, we know Marner's contract's the next, uh, next one that they got to figure out. But Tavares, that money you could save on the Tavares contract, you could technically put towards other things. I just say to give that money from Tavares to Nealander, while it would make sense, I don't think it would make the most economical sense for this Leafs team that's just been way too top loaded for way too long.
1: Uh yeah. And, and and you know as far as Neilander's contract's concerned, he's he's gonna he's going to be willing to talk about it. You know, but one of the biggest uh, anvils that, that can that can hurt a general manager is when the player says, I don't want to talk about it during the season, so let's get it settled now before the season starts. We haven't heard that yet. That doesn't mean it isn't gonna happen. So with Nylander's contract, um they have time to talk about it like you said as it stands right now and you know in, in the exhibition season we'll see if that that that's still the conversations are still happening uh brad trey living uh, is in a situation where it's his first year as general manager of the toronto Maple Leafs. there are a lot of things that he has to accept and accepting those things means there's a lot of things that he would have preferred to do if he was here last year or the year before he would have started on that stuff so he is you know he's in a transition season for himself and he, he's he got a, a, a very interesting group of players. Uh, the way they did it, uh, you talk about contracts, all these one-year contracts that he has. You know, he has a defenseman that's on a one-year contract that, in Klingberg that's uh, a pretty good defenseman. They're going to find out how good he is here in Toronto. And you talked about Tyler Bertuzzi. So this team next year may look a lot different than it does this year and and not to not to be the first person to say it's time for John Tavares to retire but you know father time has never lost the battle father time eventually wins so you know the question is uh, Tavares is a proud guy and and I think he'll be honest with himself uh, you know and know and believe that his contract value and his ability to contribute to the team uh, I don't think he was a 10 million dollar player last year um you know but you know, if he becomes a $5 million player getting paid $10 million, uh, that's that's something that his pride's going to ask him, Um, you know, where he fits in in that. But this is not a guy who pouts and whines about his circumstance. This guy works really hard. Mm-hmm. And last year he did some work on his skating. We all know that that's one of the problems that he has. So, yeah, contract years um in the NHL, a lot of times we've talked about this off the air about players who... If what they do those first four years of their six-year contract, teams don't worry about year five and six, and in this yeah. case, more years. But the point.
0: No, I know, and and that's um, that's the gamble you take when you do the. And the Leafs have done these one-year deals so many times. And in Tyler Bertuzzi's case, he might have such a good year that a team that didn't want to give him that multi-year deal now comes up and says, "Yeah, we'll sign in multi-years, and we'll give you more than what Toronto wants." it's also a matter of can the Leafs convince guys maybe to not go for that max payday. The lease will probably be willing to give a, a multi-year deal to a Tyler Bertuzzi, but it also has to be at a, a deal that makes sense for them. And they're going to probably have to make, that's something the that Bertuzzi is going to have to figure out. Does he want to make the big payday and get the multi-year deal at a higher level number and probably go somewhere else to get it? Or does he take that multi-year deal, maybe take a little less to stay in Toronto? That's, that's always a tough balancing act. Um, we know that Domi wants to make Toronto his permanent home. He's uh, Elliot Freeman reported as much as I said before in the past. So we'll we'll see how that all changes. And uh, you've also got uh, you've got some other question marks. When you know Ilya Samsonov, you know he's is he the long term goaltender of this team? Um, how does, I mean, luckily, Joseph Wool is signed for a few years. You got, obviously, um, only one year for Samson before you have to figure that part out. There's a lot of question marks with this team that are going to have to be figured out. But, you know, I, I would say the biggest one will be on the blue line. And that's something I'm going to be watching for in the first preseason game that's going to be coming up this weekend. Uh, on the other side, we're going to kind of just look at what, could be happening in this preseason game and what we'd be looking for and uh just a general overview of leafs hockey returning to the ice this is locked on these Podcast, part of the locked on podcast network your team every day welcome back to the locked on these Podcast. david Moore city here joined by frank stanishi a good friend of mine and a fan favorite here and i wanted to bring a fan favorite for fan friday so it was kind of worked out i know Every time I have you on, Frank, there's a few admirers in the comment section that say, "You got to have Frank on more." Um, I I don't like (laughs) that. And good thing for good thing, uh, and and people might be a little. I uh, I'm on the right side always on the show, and usually when Mike's not here and I (laughs) have a guest, I'm on the left (laughs) side. Frank's like, "Can you go on the right side?"
1: I'm a real diva. I'm a diva. What can I say?
0: Uh don't worry, there's certain other people when they were in their broadcasting careers always preferred to be on a certain side every time when they did a broadcast. And if it was ever switched, it would be awkward for them. So we have our first taste of Leafs preseason action. And it's not your typical preseason game because it's not at a usual time that hockey is played. Yeah, we really. On a Sunday. First and foremost, NHL, you're putting a preseason game on a sunday afternoon when it's football season are you nuts um so that's the first faux pas of that one because that's
1: why riley and uh and and marna were at the bills game yeah maybe
0: they wanted to get that (laughs) maybe they wanted to get that before we're here (laughs) yeah it's 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 quite interesting and like i don't know first thing we don't really know i'm as we're recording this we don't know which group because we know the Leafs are in two groups for now. We don't know which group is going to be playing in that preseason game. We can I can show you the two groups, and what we're going to do is we're going to kind of guess <laughs> which group, potentially. I have a, an idea of who which group is going to be the one playing, but just to give you an idea of uh, which ones you could see. And I know the issue is if you're a fan that wants to either go and watch the game or if you want to go get tickets for the game, you spend out the money to go to a game. I know it's really tough. I always say, take your time. Don't buy the tickets site on scene. Wait a little bit until you find out who's playing. Always my, uh, always my recommendation for preseason. So we know that there's the two groups. This is how the two groups were lining up for um, Friday. I'm going to make, I'll make it a little bit
1: bigger because I know it's oh, good. because I was making mine bigger. <laughs>
0: um. So group one, same as, same as the day before, right? Klingberg, Marner, like, the, the the groups are pretty much the same. The only change is Joseph Wall got moved to Group One, and Ilya Samsonov was moved to Group Two. And the only way I can, the only guess I've had of which group potentially could play on Sunday is Group Two was out on the ice first today. Now I don't know if that was just how they how they drew it up. Um, Potentially, I don't know. But um, I, I always wonder if the first group on the ice is the group that's actually going to see the playing time. Again, that's a, that's a guess on my part. But um, if that's the case, then you'll get your first test of Nylander at center because William Nylander is a part of group two. Martin Jones and Samsonov will likely split the duties if they were to play in that game. You got Morgan Riley in group two, uh, TJ Brody is in that group as well. It's by first it's it's weird how they've it's done by alpha, uh, by numerical. So if you're wondering where players are, it's done numerically. So at this rate we don't we can't really say for sure which group is going to be going up, but I think group 2 would be the one because they were on the ice first, but again, that's just me providing a guess. Um, I'll
1: give you another reason. Martin Jones and Samsonov on the same group too.
0: Yeah, that's the other thing too. Is you got uh, you you know? Do they want to give Samson off that first game? Do they want to get him started off? Get two goaltenders? get and you having two goaltenders as well. There is a scrimmage today too, but we already know that Sheldon Keefe will likely provide some idea of what um, which group is going out. But um, when you're looking at a preseason game, uh, Frank, and we we already know that it's hard to judge certain players during preseason because of that I some aren't going all out in the preseason while others are because they got to make a name for themselves how do you how do you weigh a preseason game and what happens
1: it, it's the, these are these are games that aren't intended to be ones that you're concerned about winning or losing mm-hmm. these are part of the process and and when players come in, The biggest thing about preseason is you've got players that weren't on the team last year, weren't starters on the team last year, uh, new players who you want to see in the environment of playing, you know, in NHL games. The only reason big names play in preseason is because they're told they have to. (laughs) The league has a rule. How many, you know, regulars that played last year play in a preseason game? So this is really a process about establishing... The confidence in players, you know, like a Matthew Nyes, for example, in the playoffs was a regular, a regular starter. Uh, But, you know, he wasn't here at the beginning of the year last year. Now he gets a chance to to remind people of how good he is. This is an opportunity for him to continue to, you know, impress, you know, league management, obviously, but also the fans because of the reason you stated earlier. People pay to go watch these games. They've got to be entertaining. And the fans have a a level of expectation that has nothing to do with making this a better team. They buy a ticket. They want to see the best players they can, like you said. So that, to me, is what exhibition season is. It's about bringing in new players who weren't a part of the squad to see if they could be part of the starting group. And, And the Leafs have some players, some really interesting players that, you know, are going to be part of the starting group. That weren't like a Bertuzzi and you know Klimberg. and and these guys we know that they want them on the team. These aren't guys they brought in to to be you know wear the blue jerseys in practice or, or whatever. You know these these are the guys these are the guys they're counting on, and this is an opportunity for them to play under NHL standards and see how they fit in.
0: Yeah, and just so you know, the first preseason game is a road game for the Leafs against the Ottawa Senators. Um, so if anyone is looking for tickets, I uh, hope you're in the Ottawa area because you're not going to get them in Toronto. The Leafs' first home preseason game is on Monday, September 25th against uh, the Ottawa Senators, so it's us- that's usually how these ones go. you got got a- one game against one team, group one and a group two. I've actually... I'm, I, it looks like I'm going to be going to that first home preseason game. Uh, I've been gotten an invitation... So I will get a chance to take a look at uh, whichever Leafs go on the ice. Personally, now I kind of hope that it's group one that doesn't play because then I get to see group one uh, play in Ottawa, uh, play in Toronto. So we'll see how that goes. Um, we also know the Ottawa Senators having their um, their owner finally getting announced. He is uh, – it's, it's, it's official. He is now taking over the team and – this is an Ottawa team that I'm very curious about this year because they they I, I was having a conversation with Ross Levitan. He's the host of Locked On Senators. He says, we just want to make the playoffs. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. just let us have the playoffs. Um, so uh, what what do you think of the Senators this year, Frank? Just a, kind of a final thought for the show. Yeah,
1: Jeepers. Every year, for the last four or five years, I kept saying this is a team that can actually make some noise. This is a team that that could make the playoffs. This is what I've said the last four years. Guess what I'm saying this year? This is a team that could make the playoffs and, and we'll see how they go. I mean, they keep coming out with a great start. And then all of a sudden, they, uh, they, hit, a, they hit a wall. Uh, inexplicably, they hit a wall. And then they put themselves behind the eight ball. And then they don't do enough in the middle of the season so that the end of the season becomes a place where they can actually attack a, a position in the playoffs. So... Ah, uh, this is a team that's unpredictable, but they have a lot of youth that's had a chance to be NHLers. They've got leadership in the room, uh, they've got a coach who's been coaching for a little while, and uh, I think they're hungry for a playoff spot. So it isn't going to be a question of whether they want it; it's just going to be a question of can they do it.
0: Yeah, we'll but, see if they we'll see if they'll be able to do that. But uh, a lot more optimism now in Ottawa with the new owner that seems to want to. You know, put the investment in making this team what live to its potential. You know, then we haven't really had that in the last few years for Ottawa. So it's a good thing there for Ottawa, and hopefully, also reignites this battle of Ontario in a more meaningful way, not just in name but also in competition as well. So we'll be looking forward to that. Uh, you can catch those preseason games. Um, I, I actually didn't see who is broadcasting those ones. Likely. Probably Ottawa will be on, you know, if you live in Ottawa, probably be on TSN Sportsnet likely will have that first one there. Um, But they'll have all that information. We'll post it if we can on our Twitter account so you can see it there. Um, So you make sure you go and follow us on Twitter at Locked on Least and follow myself at the underscore Morissuti. Uh, On the next show, we will break down that first preseason game and what what we saw, what we liked, and what we didn't like, the usual stuff. We're going to knock off a little bit of the rust too in that regard because we haven't. Broken down a game in quite a while. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leaves.